Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox 1400 in Spartanburg and around the world on all kinds of different apps you can get. Happy uh, happy one day after Valentine's Day there, uh, Alan. Well, happy Valentine's to y'all. And Ronnie, same to you. Well, I appreciate it. I had a lovely Valentine's Day with my wife and uh, at Dudley's and... Um, I got to say, probably the best thing that happened Valentine's Day was hearing from my son, who's deployed with the 8th Marines over in uh, Afghanistan. No, it was in Iraq. But he's uh, he's in Dubai for a... That three, ought to be a fun weekend for Three-day weekend, and I sent some fantastic pictures, and uh, at least I know he's having a good time for a few days. Yep. Uh, Dubai's got a pretty racetrack over there. If you everybody's watched that Formula One race over there with all them uh, big yachts out there beside of it and everything, I'd yeah. like to go over and watch that one day. Well, uh... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Buy our tickets. You, you, buy have our, tickets. you have our permission. <laughs> you got the weekend off to do buy that. Buy our tickets, Perry. Take you, uh... Take your car over there and see if you can squeeze into the field. <laughs> uh, Danny looked good going around that track oh, yeah. in a in a late model. Oh yeah, sure would. We got a lot of racing to talk about today for a change. Last week we didn't have too much, but a bunch happened since the show last weekend. Um, it is full underway. Yeah, a lot of cars got torn up. Well, like you were talking about, we, we need to just quit talking about aerodynamics. Well. Uh, they had some aerodynamics last night that uh, uh, showed what happens when one gets upside down. There's a whole lot of sparks. Yeah. But we um, miss Greg this morning. I think he's gone to a wedding. It's Roberta's son's wedding. And okay. it's somewhere, I think they were flying into Norfolk and driving down to some place near Kitty Hawk or something. It's. I know I wrote that first book on the silent speedways and Moyock. Dog, dog track speedway is right up there and it's about as far in the corner of North Carolina as you can get and you could hit uh, Virginia with a, a nine iron and that's about if that's where they are somewhere up because that wasn't far from Kitty Hawk either and if, yeah. if that's where they are it's uh, it is you can't get there it was by far the longest track I had to drive to, you know, to find what was left of it. Well, you just said it. you can't get there from here, so they had to go to Norfolk to get there. That's right, and drive south, as far as I know. So I hope they're having a good time up there. And Greg, before he uh, took this uh, break, did get us a real, real good guest, which we will have at 1020, which is 1985 Daytona 500 winner Jeff Bodine. And Jeff... Um, of course, drove for Bud Moore for several years, a good friend of Greg's, and won the Bush Clash one year, and uh, won two races. Well, actually, he won the last three races for Bud Moore, but he finished third at Daytona in 1993 in, a, in the race where uh, it was the Dale and Dale show, and Greg, uh, Jeff was right there behind him. So uh, we'll have Jeff on at uh, 1020. 
Well, he's always fun to talk to. He's a good guy. He's very well spoken. You know, he did the bobsled thing. Right. I was going to say that he's one of the, these guys we can talk to that we don't have to stick strictly strictly to racing. He can talk knowledgeably about a lot of things. He will, and we'll see if he, we can get him to. And uh, Alan, I guess you're still puttering around in the shop trying what? to get one ready for uh, trying to get two or three of them ready for two. all these different race tracks that we're going to be racing at this year. Yeah. How close are you getting to having one ready? Oh, pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Where's the first one, and, and how, how far off is that? Uh, we may go try to go do a little bit of practice. Uh, they call it for a practice next Saturday at Harris Speedway up in North Carolina. So uh, we might take a new car up there and try to shake it down a little bit, but weather pending. Weather is pending. Well, down. Do, you, do you get kind of excited when you've got a new car? That you, you get real anxious nervous. to get you out get, there. You get real nervous. I mean, you uh, everything you try to go over everything, and then go over everything in your mind. And then you try to, you know, it's uh. Then you go up there and find out what you overlooked. Yes, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. You get out on the track and says, "Why is it doing that?" You're right. And then you have to work with it a little bit. But uh, I guess that's the reason we have a little called open practice. Yeah. Well, uh, as long as you've been doing it and your family's been doing it, I'm sure this will be another very successful year for you. We can't wait to hear from week to week how you do. You got us a guest this morning uh, also, don't you? Yep. Coming up at uh, 11 o'clock hour, we're going to have uh, Josh Hellams. Uh, he's starting out a, a new division. Uh, they're calling it uh, Mid-East Street Stock Divisions. They're going to be traveling around different racetracks and Going to be paying a good bit of money. Uh, got different rules set up for different race cars, for different engine packages, and we'll be talking to him a little bit later on in this show. I remember we had him on last year, and he was a, a good interview. He's the race driver that wants to be a promoter, right? He right. said that's what he really wanted to do is promote. Yep. Race driver wants to be a promoter, wants to, you know, he, uh, matter of fact, uh, that last big Thunder Bomber, whenever they had the big Thunder Bomber shootout over at Travers Rest, they paid us like $2,500 to win in Limited Sportsman on the program over there, but they actually paid them 5000 to win because it was the Thunder Bomber Classic, and uh, he actually won that race and won $5,000 that night. Well, sounds like he's got a couple of different ways he can go with his racing career. Absolutely. Yes, he is. And what? although you take bigger chances as a promoter, there's more of a likelihood that you're going to get paid every week. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you got some people in the stands, <laughs> there's always, uh, you know, you sit here. Everybody talks about these promoters, but you, uh, you get a Saturday afternoon, you get a big cloud coming in at five o'clock, and you start getting nervous whenever you're putting on a big program and you've got all that money to pay out. Well, we actually got started last week on. Uh, Saturday, the day after our, uh, or the afternoon of our first show with right. the ARCA race, which um, was won by Michael Self and Hallie Deegan, the, the lady driver that's so highly touted, she finished second and did a pretty good job. And when they interviewed her after the race, she's very well spoken too. Uh, Drew Dollar was third, Sean Cora was fourth, fourth, and uh, Thad Moffitt was fifth. That was in the General Tire uh, Lucas 200. And they don't race again until March 16th at Phoenix. So, ARCA's got a while off, and uh, we'll be keeping up with them as the, as the season goes on. But that's also your, your point standing, Self, Deegan, Dollar, Core, and Moffitt. I think Drew Dollar is a good name for a race driver. Sounds like a cowboy. <laughs> uh, Doesn't it? 
Yes, he does. Okay. Then uh, agree with me or disagree? About like uh, we got a boy <laughs> over here at Cherokee Speedway named Jesse Rocket. I like that. Now, name. That's, that's a name. That's Jesse a good Rocket. name. Uh, okay. Then they ran the clash. Which was last Sunday, and uh, I think you renamed that one, didn't you? Yes, I did. I texted you that uh, late that afternoon. I said, instead of Bush Clash, we're going to claim this as the Bush Crash. The Bush Crash, and uh, <laughs> it fits. He was, uh, Alan was texting me, he says, are you watching this joke? And I was like, yeah, I am. And, um, you know, they started with 18 cars, and they finished with five, and one of those wasn't even on the lead lap. But if he hadn't been there... I don't know who would have won because uh, that was uh, Hamlin who pushed uh, Eric Jones to the win. And once again, Gibbs is at the front. Yeah, I think if he wouldn't have been there to push him on through, I think we'd have had a couple more cars get knocked out before the last coming off the fourth turn. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there wasn't but one car in that final five that didn't have a scratch on it, and that was... Um, Dylan, Austin, Austin Dylan, and uh, you know, driving the the three car, and it looked like it just come off the showroom floor. But it, uh, boy, I tell you what, I thought that was a cool picture. Now I did like this. I saw this in uh, I, the newspaper, or online, or somewhere. It had a picture of Austin. I mean, not Austin Dylan, but uh, Eric Jones and his crew standing around the car in Victory Lane. A nose shot of it, all smashed up. And right beside it, it had a picture of Terry Labonte that year that Earnhardt knocked him across the finish line at Bristol with the front of his car all torn up. <laughs> and I'd be dadgum if it didn't look just about exactly the same. The cars were damaged similarly. And um, I think they could also put a picture of Pearson's Mercury in there from that year he wrecked with Petty. So. Yeah, if you watched that thing, we actually had two Chevrolets, which was uh, Kyle Larson and Austin Dillon. And then we had two Fords, which was Ryan Newman and... Uh, well, I got it oh, right here. It was right. Uh, Boyer. Clint, Clint Boyer. Yeah. And then we had the two Toyotas. But the only thing about it is the two Toyotas was on the same team. One of them was a lap down. Yep. The Chevrolets wouldn't work together. The Fords wouldn't work together. So guess what? The Toyotas won. With a with a dump truck. <laughs> with a dump truck. It, it, did have a, <laughs> it did have a mashed in front end, I tell you. But uh, So that was the Bush crash of... Uh, of 2020, and we will talk to the 1993 winner of that race, uh, or 1992 winner, I guess it was, Jeff Bodine, right. coming up here uh, pretty soon. That was that was the first race, if I'm not mistaken, out of the box with Bud Moore. They hadn't even had a race together, and he, he won that. And I've got to watch it. It's got that on it. Is that right? Winner, Bush Clash. From? Bud Moore. Oh, that's the one he gave you that time, right? That's what he that's... gave me, because I give him such a hard time about them Rolex watches. And, uh, <laughs> he, he, come in, he come in the restaurant one morning and slid that watch across that table. He said, son, there's your watch. And I opened it up, and I said, I like this better than I do that Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was a nice gesture, bud. was a generous guy, as is his son. As you can tell by these reams of paper I got here that I prepared for the show from the the printer that Greg bought us to uh, so I could print all this stuff, and I should have to put ink in it by about 2022, according to the instructions. It's uh, I tell you what, ink's about the most expensive thing of uh, operating a printer, and this one doesn't need much, and it wasn't very expensive. So uh, if you see if you see um, Shack advertising an Epson printer, this is it, and uh, we got the cheapest one, but boy, it's a good one, and I'm not getting paid anything to 
publicized for Epson. So, uh, well, it sounds like a real good deal. It is a good deal. Uh, they also had qualifying for the Daytona 500, and of course, as always, it only uh, qualifies the first two positions, and then the the duels, as they're called, I still call them the qualifying races, are set up or the lineups by the qualifying speeds, but. Ricky Stenhouse, who got canned by Roush uh, last fall after he thought he'd done a pretty decent job uh, for years and went into Xfinity championships, got uh, got let go. And so he had to go find a, for um, for Boucher, for Chris Boucher. So he went and took Boucher's car, and lo and behold, he put Boucher's car, the Kroger Chevrolet of... Uh, I think it's JTG Daughtry, the basketball player from North Carolina, put it on the pole. The car number 47, Kroger Chevrolet. So Ricky Stenhouse is the pole sitter for the Daytona 500, which uh, is a lot of prestige there, but means practically nothing once the green flag starts the race. And um, one of his uh, corporate Chevy mates, Alex Bowman, is second. So yeah. it actually puts him in the bush place next year. Well, that's just me just going to tear up a car. That, well, that's a lot of money, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money to tear one up. But yeah, you're right. It does put him in the clash. And it's, you know, he, he gets a lot of interviews and some ink. And it sort of something to show Jack Roush is, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't let me go because I, I can drive these. And, and Stenhouse is a good, a uh, big track driver. There's no question about that. Well, we've always noticed that once a driver gets let go from one team and he goes over to another team, they have such a, I don't know if it's resurgence or something like that. I mean, you know, Kyle Busch got let go by Rick Hendricks. Mm-hmm. And now look at him over in the Toyotas. And I mean, uh Kevin Harvick with Richard Childers goes to Tony Stewart. Well, it could be some doubling down. Turn your mic on. It could be some doubling down when a driver changes. I'm going to show you. Well, if he was to do that to start with, I mean, uh, just think about where we'd start off at. Well, um, you know, actually, as is the case just about every year, and I think this is the first year in four or five that a Hendrick car didn't win the pole. Chevrolet did win it, but, it, you know, it's uh, it's been a Hendrick car, I guess, going all, or a Chevrolet going back, you know, for several years. But Hendrick still did real well with um, uh, the way it's, it's, it's lined up for the Daytona 500 after the qualifiers, which we'll get to that because William Byron won one of the qualifiers, and he's driving uh, Jeff Gordon's old car. And... Uh, also, right up there was Jimmy Johnson, your boy, so uh, making his farewell tour. Yep. So, uh, you know, uh, Chevy needs to win Win one. They had a, a lean year last year, and they got this new Camaro, so we'll see what they can do. Well, listening to some of the uh, announcers talk this week, I got the, the inclination that this may be Jimmy Johnson's farewell tour, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I think he's... I think he's going to leave. I mean, I you know, if he's leaving the door open, I really haven't heard that. Uh, I know they were talking to Jeff Gordon, and he, when when he retired, he retired. I mean, you know, he hadn't got back behind the wheel for the 24 hours of Daytona or, or any of that sort of thing. And uh, what are you doing there, Ronnie? <laughs> you got the microphones. We're having a, you ought to see this. We were on television. We got a microphone ballet going on over here. Well, I was having a little bit of issue, sound like, with 
Alan's microphone, so I'm switching to make sure that everything's okay. Did you give him the good one or the bad one? The good one. Oh, okay. We're going to have to do another one of them uh, shows where we go back out on the streets and stuff. Well, I, I mentioned that to Clary, and he's uh, pointed out to me that only he and I think Tyler do the remotes, know how to operate the equipment, and it's real expensive equipment that we don't own. So, uh, it, oh. you know, we just might have to get lucky with this. I said, what would that equipment cost? And he said, about 8000 bucks." And I said, yeah, we, we're going to probably have to get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when was that? That was the, the barbecue eating contest? Yeah, barbecue eating contest. We'll uh, get Greg and get that scratch off. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. We've got to get Greg back in so he can take, he, he goes down and gets the scratch off. Every once in a while. Yeah. And maybe we'll hit it big and can buy our own equipment. Yeah, I can see us winning about $10,000 on a scratch-off and pumping it back into the radio station immediately. <laughs> now, maybe if we win a lot bigger one than that, but uh, we'll have to see about that. Anyway, um, we got a, a, a good show for you this morning. I know uh, Brett, Br uh, Brett, Jeff, you know, when you get him on the phone, would you ask him a question? Sure. If he goes by Jeff or Jeffrey. Because you remember there was a time there, right like the one of the last two years he was uh, competing, he wanted to be called Jeffrey Bodine. Yeah, I can do that. And uh, I don't want to call him Jeff if he doesn't like it. You know, my brother worked with him for two or three years whenever he drove for Junior Johnson. Okay. Did he like him? Because uh, I already was hard to get along with. Uh, I... A New Yorker in New Yorker, a, yeah. A, a New Yorker in New Yorker in Engle Holler, Engle Holler just don't mix. <laughs> well, the their their uh, language is a little bit faster than ours up there. Yeah, you know, I saw an interesting show. Not to get completely just do a hundred and eighty degrees, but after the truck race went off last night, I was slow to get up off the couch, and they had a half hour documentary on Neil Bonnet. And it was really good because, you know, he had that show called Winners where he interviewed all these different people. And the name of this particular documentary, which I think was brand new or pretty new, it was called The Winner. And, um, boy, it was good. And it brought back a lot of memories. And they had, a, you know, his his wife, I say today, I mean, it, I think it was, I don't know if this has been shown before. It looked brand new to me. I'd never seen it. But, you know, she's, she's a... a I'm not going to say elderly. She, I'm sure she's not as old as me, probably. But, you know, um, a mature lady and his and his son, David. And they had Red Farmer on there. And, you know, he's getting pretty old, too. And he was talking about the helicopter crash with Davey when they were going to watch uh, Neil's son qualify or, or practice at, at Talladega that time. So, anyway, if you see it, it was a half-hour show about... Uh, about um, Neil Bonnet, and it was very interesting. A lot of, like, lot of Dr. Jerry Punch talking and showed his crash at Talladega, showed his crash that took his life. So uh, um, Neil Bonnet was quite a guy. I forgot what a good guy he was. I uh, did a, a lot of hunting and fishing with, uh, Earnhardt. with, with Dale Earnhardt. They yep. talked about that, too. It showed Earnhardt catch this big fish. Or uh, I think Neil Bonnet caught a big fish, and Earnhardt helped him pull it up out, out of the water and unhooked it and threw it back in. But anyway, all right, we're going to take a break right now and come back, and we're going to talk to Daytona 500 champion and um, all-around good guy, Jeff Jeffrey Bodine. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. 
Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay, so for the rest of you. Download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Happy New Year! We're seeing 2020 at Greer Nissan, and the savings are clear. Cars, trucks, SUVs, all your favorite models are on sale with low prices and payments. New Year, new you, new Nissan. And with over 300 to choose from, you've got plenty of options. Drive a new Altima, just $169 a month. Only $169 for a new 2020 Altima. Drive a new road, just $199 a month. Or save up to $8,500 off. Only $199 for a 2020 road. Or save $8,500. $5,500 off a new 2019 road or take the wheel of a rugged new Titan pickup and save up to $14,000 off. That's right. Up to $14,000 off a new Titan. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Hurry into Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Our new app is ready to roll. Listen to us live and more by downloading it today. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. Welcome back to Start Your Engines. That was some good music there, Ronnie. We finally... Occasionally, we stumble upon some good bumper music. Yep. That was an Atlanta rhythm section for a second there. But we have on the line the 1986 Daytona 500 winner, Bush Clash winner, and a bobsled designer, Jeff Bodine. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Yes, it is a great morning. Uh, I'm down here in Mal- Malabar, Florida. Beautiful day. A lot of people are from... 
Daytona Beach, Florida, for all the races, man, they've been pretty good up till now. Hopefully today's and uh, tomorrow's race will be great, too. And well, so, I, yeah, hope it, I hope it's warmer great. down there than it is up here. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> and normally, well, not all the time. Sometimes in the summer it's hotter up that way, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a great day here, a great day in, uh, in Daytona. Jeff, I got a lot of questions to ask you, and I probably won't be able to cram them all in. But I just thought of this one: when you go back down there to visit, uh, I mean, it must—it's got to feel pretty good strolling down pit road as a former winner of the Daytona 500. I mean, that's—I uh, know you've—you've you've been used to it for a while now because you won uh, what 30, 34 years ago. But uh, that's got to make you feel real good because there's not a whole lot of you. Well, thanks for reminding me. I'm that old. Holy cow! 34 <laughs> years ago. Wow. It's amazing. It seems like it was just yesterday. Uh, that's the kind of race, yeah, you don't forget about winning. Uh, like I just said, it feels like just yesterday we did it. Uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, the following year, we ran out of gas with a half lap to go leading your race. So that was a, that's one you don't forget either. Well, you know, you're only, <laughs> I like to forget, you're, you can't. you're only three years older than me, so uh, I can remember most of that stuff pretty clearly. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you, you also uh, came real, real close to winning with Bud Moore that year with uh, the Dale and Dale, you know, right in front of you. And you had a you had a damaged car in that race, but you were you were what a half a second behind the winners. Well, uh, yeah, we we're uh, Earnhardt was leading. Jeff Gordon, a rookie, was second, and uh, then Dale and. And I, myself, I think uh, I think I don't know if Hutton Strickland was driving Junior's other car or not, but yeah, we were all running and and Earnhardt was getting really loose, and so he was he was lifting coming off the corners while you know Gordon he wasn't about to pass his hero, you know he said I'm going to follow this guy till whatever happens happens. So Gordon just riding there while Del uh, Jarrett and I. I figured that out. He wasn't going to pass him. Coming off of two or three, or, excuse me, coming off of four, coming to get the white flag, uh, Dale pulled out. Of course, I pulled out behind him and pushed him by both of them. And uh, we wanted to turn one, and, and Dale's car, he, he wasn't handling quite as good as that Budmore Ford was handling. And he split up high. I mean, I pushed him in there pretty fast. And so I went under him. I said, "Holy cow! I'm going to win this darn race." I knew, <laughs> I, I knew, that, I knew uh, either Hut or somebody junior other cars behind me. It was Hut Strickland. It was Hut Strickland. Okay. I looked in the mirror, and he wasn't there. You know, his car wasn't handling good, so he had to go when he went to corner let up. So I'm sitting, a sitting duck on the inside of Jarrett. But then. Uh, Earnhardt pulled up behind Dale, pushed him by me, and I ended up third uh, with a wounded car. Yeah, a battle, a front end was banged in a little bit, but yeah, man, I almost won that race. And if if Hutt had stayed with me, I, I, we would have won that race. But uh, you know, would have, should have, could have, don't count. But it was it was a great race with Bud. Uh, we won the the Bush Passion with Bud, and uh, actually, I won his last race. Is a car owner at Sears Point. You sure did. You did great on Monday afternoons also. I wouldn't have won a couple of races on Monday <laughs> afternoons. The same car, the same engine, the same setup at North Brooksboro and Martinsville. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It was. Uh, back in those days, you know, the cars were, they were really race car, cars 
back then. I, you know, they are today also, but you know, you uh, they looked like uh, more more like a street car. But you know, we had the bias tires. We had uh, the setup. Uh, cars weren't on the ground. You had to actually make your springs and shocks do things like they're supposed to. And so uh, our setup just worked at both those tracks. And wow, I mean. Yeah, they don't call. They call here again, Mister Monday. But I want two of them also. <laughs> did, did, uh, I don't think Bud Moore went to either of those races. Did he? Didn't didn't uh, y'all tell him to just stay home? <laughs> no, we didn't tell him to stay home. But, uh, <laughs> now, uh, yeah, he he wasn't at Sears Point for the last one. He wasn't at Wilkesboro. I'm not sure if he was at Martinsville or not. I think he was at Martinsville, come to think yeah. of it. Let me ask you, you know, we had the Bush crash, as we call it, last week, where only five yeah. cars were around at the finish, and you won that race one year. And But generally, overall, is there something about the the respect drivers have for each other or the respect they have for their owners having to pay for these cars? Why is it that, I mean, you know, the blocking is just, and we talk about it on this show every week. And by the way, we're talking to Jeff Bodine, 1986 Daytona 500 winner. Um is it the respect, or, or what is it, you know, with this blocking, you know, that they don't even allow in other sports, uh, other forms of racing, and I, yeah. I, I'm i all for excitement and everything, but you guys didn't have that problem, not not like it is today where, you know, I know they got the stage racing and all that stuff, but, you know, what do you think it is? What's the difference? Oh, it's pretty pretty simple what the problem is. Uh, I mean, one is that with restricted plates, you know, it's very, very frustrating to race Daytona Talladega because you can't pass. You know, so you, so they, they put the drivers in a position where, if, you know, if they make a move, they try to cut in front of somebody, and sometimes it, it doesn't work. And if somebody's going to make a run, they pull in front of them trying to stop the, the run. So that's, that's part of it, that frustration. You know, you'll do anything to try to keep somebody behind them. But the biggest problem is, you know, the, the spotters. You know, back when they started letting spotters with radios up there on top so they could see everything in the race, they were there just to tell where the wreck was. Hey, there's wreck at turn one, go high. Now these spotters are telling the drivers how to drive. And they're a long ways away from the back straightaway. That's true. And the, and the angles coming off at the turn aren't good, so they don't have a good, really good view for them to judge if they're clear or not. And uh, so, you know, a guy makes a move, hey, you're clear, boom, you know, missed it by an inch. All it takes is an inch, then he take an inch. Sometimes just, just the arrows turn you sideways, but that, and that could be sound, and I'm, I'm a, you know, no one will ever listen to me about this. You know, we sure. will. I mean, well, okay, well, you're going <laughs> to listen because I'm talking, I guess. But uh, spotters are good. We need them for the wreck. But what needs to happen is, uh, and, th- and this could happen, this, this could, this would solve the problem. During the, uh, the green flag races, uh, have the technology is there. You just have it where the Spotters' radios don't work, hmm. so they can't. They can't. The crew chief can because you got to tell them when to pit and all that. But let the let the 
let the drivers drive their cars. That's what yep. we used to do, you know. And so then you'd be more careful about because it's hard to see. So you're going to be more careful. There would be less blocking because uh, you can't really. Nobody be telling you where the guy is. You got to be looking at the mirror, looking at your shoulder, and it'd be like the old days. We didn't have spotters telling us how to drive the cars. Yep. And sure, we still made mistakes, but that's not like today. It's ridiculous. So it is. They just need to. They need to turn those radios off. Now, when the yellow comes out, NASCAR puts it out. The radios work. Then the spotter can say it's turn two or turn three, wherever. Go high, go low. They won't do it. I'm sure they will never do it because uh, it makes it sense. A, a li- <laughs> well, it makes sense. <laughs> well, it has a, li- a liability. Yeah, what if we don't turn the radios on in time? Not all this crap, but that would solve the problem, and that is the problem. The spotters are telling these drivers, "Go high, block them high, block them low." They're coming high. They're in the middle, whatever. And so it's these guys, the drivers, are like. Going nuts, you know, and they, you put all your trust into what that spotter's saying. So when he says go high, you go high, and all it takes is a fraction of an inch to cause a wreck. Plus, too, Jeff, this is Alan Hill, Mike Hill's brother. You, uh, hey. how you doing, sir? But I've been noticing here lately that uh, manufacturers are getting more into this now. Where you, they say stick with the Ford, stick with the Ford. And when you out there yeah. running 197 mile an hour, it's hard to look back there and say, well, that's a Ford back there. I'll help him. <laughs> you know, I mean, these drivers are, I mean, you got these full containment seats now. You, all you can do is really see straight ahead, like you said. You can't really, you know. Oh, they got mirrors on the sides. They got mirrors on <laughs> both sides in the middle. They can still see. And, yep. uh, and yeah, you, you always try to help a teammate or a manufacturer teammate. But you know, when it comes right down to it, you can't. You know, sometimes, sometimes you got if you're Ford, you got to push a Chevy and vice versa. So You opened the uh, door there, Mike, so, uh, or, or Alan. So I'm going to ask Jeff, uh, how was it working with Mike Hill? He's a, pretty much a regular on our show here. And talks to us about the IMSA sports cars and everything every couple of weeks. Uh, pretty good guy to work with. This is your chance to vent on uh, <laughs> Mike Hill. No, Mike He's probably listening. Hey, up in Ingle Holla. <laughs> well, shoot, I can say anything. I'm way down here in Florida. He can't hit me down here. But he wouldn't hit you. No, Mike, well, that's it. Mike, was a, he's a pretty quiet guy. I mean, uh, I mean, no, he worked his butt off and knew what he was doing, but he wasn't a boisterous guy. You know, we had uh, Tim Rich, uh, yeah, <laughs> Tim Brewer is a crew chief. Uh, man, that was the that was the noise. Tim was loud, and, and if he didn't like what you're doing, he'd tell you. And, and uh, so uh, Mike didn't have to raise his voice because Tim was always raising his. So yeah, I was yeah. Mike was a great guy to work with. Uh, you know, really smart and uh, like I said, worked his tail off. Well, you know, we had uh, Mike on last week. One of the main reasons was to talk a little bit about Junior Johnson. And we had Mike Helton on who, who told some Junior Johnson stories. But I, it just dawned on me that how much time you spent with Junior as well. And, in fact, when I was telling Greg to get us a guest that wanted Daytona 500, I said it'd be great if you could get one that drove for uh, Junior Johnson. So uh, I, I forgot that that was even part of my special request to get you on this show. So uh, I know it was a great loss and you know, for racing. And and you know the sport in general, but uh, I mean you work closely with Junior Johnson. You've, you've got to have some special feelings there. Well, yeah, of course. I was really 
honored to drive and happy to drive for Junior and for two years. Uh, you know, uh, first year came darn close to winning the championship. We broke a crankshaft at Dover, which really took us out of that position. And I think we we're leading the race too. I mean, it was darn shame. Came in third that year in the points, but uh, it was close. And then, uh, you know, the and, and Junior had multiple teams before I got to him. And he, I got to him. He said, "I'll never do that again. Never, man. That was a pain in the neck. The pain. I mean, I'll just never have two cars." Well, because back then you couldn't, you couldn't get the parts. That basically you couldn't get the engine parts uh, enough good ones for two engines. You know, and uh, today they just knock them out on those CNC machines and just everything's all the same. It's pretty darn close. So back then it was a little tougher. So, you know, he he said, I'll never do that again. Well, first year I was, I was the only driver. Second year he started up that other car with, uh, what was it, Maxwell House. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Labonte, I think. No. No, no. Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin, that's right. Sterling Marlin. Marlin. Sure is. 
And I, w- I like to have gotten with Junior a little sooner and with Bud a little sooner. And, you know, we could have probably had a lot better results. But uh, we still had results. We still did good. So, uh, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm very thankful I got to drive for both of those owners. Well, you got and, to break Rick Hendrick in. <laughs> well, I was Rick's first driver. And, uh, you know, the story is that, uh, you know, he's just a small car dealer. And I didn't, I, he, he said he might be able to run 15 races that year. And that wasn't the full schedule. But I said, yeah, I want to drive for you because Harry Hyde was going to be the crew chief. <laughs> it wasn't because of Rick Hendrick. And Rick knows this. I've told him. He knows it. And uh, I figured Harry could teach me how to win. Well, uh, we got to our seventh race. We had some good runs for a brand-new team. But Rick came to us and said, uh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut, shut the team down. I've just run out of money. Spent a lot more money than I thought I was going to have to. And... Uh, Holy cow. Whew. Well, Jeff, we, we've run out of time. And, uh, well, you, uh, but Harry talked him into going to Marsville. We won the race, so now there's still a Hendrick Motorsports. And, and Jeff Gordon said he's going to send me a check because he figured he owed me something, but I still don't have that check. <laughs> well, if you see him down there, uh, <laughs> pull your pockets inside out. Uh, look, I tell him every time I see him, where's the check? Jeff, we, I tell you what, we could do the whole two hours with you. And I knew this would happen. I still got told you when we started I had a bunch of questions I never got to. The bobsleds, the truck wreck, everything. So please come back on with us some other time and, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much for coming on Start Your Engines this morning. Yeah, it's always my pleasure. You guys have my number. Greg has my number. So. You just call me anytime. I love telling stories. You tell. Well, we'll give you more more time next time. (laughs) Thank you. Have fun in Daytona. Thank you. All right. That's Jeff Bodine. I knew that would happen. He's just uh, hard to to stop a man when he's in the middle of a great story like that. But we're going to take a break. And Nelson Crozier is already on the line. So we'll be back with more Start Your Engines after this. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Happy New Year! We're seeing 2020 at Greer Nissan, and the savings are clear. Cars, trucks, SUVs, all your favorite models are on sale with low prices and payments. New Year, new you, new Nissan. And with over 300 to choose from, you've got plenty of options. Drive a new Altima, just $169 a month. Only $169 for a new 2020 Altima. Drive a new road, just $199 a month. Or save up to $8,500 off. Only $199 for a 2020 road. Or save $8,500. $8,500 off a new 2019 road or take the wheel of a rugged new Titan pickup and save up to $14,000 off. That's right, up to $14,000 off a new Titan. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Hurry into Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. 864-479-1197 for more details. 
Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back to Start Your Engines and welcome on, Nelson. How are you doing this morning? I forgot to push the slide up. How you doing, Nelson? Pretty good for a second time. Okay. <laughs> well, you're in North Carolina. You're not in Daytona. Not going down this year. Is that correct? Um, no. Uh, need to get filled a little bit better. Okay. Well, so does a lot of drivers, and uh, probably car builders need to get feeling better because they lost a lot of a lot of equipment last week. What do you? I don't know if you heard Jeff Bodine just now, but what do you think about? I mean, and we talk about it all the time. This isn't new, but this blocking. I mean, it's just. You know, even um, Logano's own teammate, Keselowski, was all over him uh, earlier in the week about how stupid it was. And he threw multiple blocks trying to keep that guy behind him, uh, his old his old rival, uh, Kyle Busch. And that, that was one of the several big ones we had. And that's not a good person. No. <laughs> no. Uh, way back when, uh, a non-NASCAR regular... Uh, won the Daytona 500 by blocking and after victory lane a couple of the drivers uh, got him aside and said you come back and drive like that you're living here in a box was that an Italian from Pennsylvania? so it was yeah, my, my Mario and uh, yeah Mario Andretti. I almost said Michael. So uh, yeah, that was a big upset. In fact, I think there's even stories about when uh, uh, I watched the film of that not too long ago, it, 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 and they were talking about how when he and Lorenzen came into pits at the same time, they sort of worked slower on Mario's car than they did Fred's. Well, there was a lot of controversy there uh, even before the race, and Reddy kept complaining that. He was not getting a good engine, and somehow he managed to switch the tags on the engine uh, between Lorenzo's car and his, and said the engine was a whole lot better. <laughs> Time didn't show it. Well, um, be that as it may, as uh, as good as we are at knowing racing and everything, we uh, we didn't even, we didn't even have a car finish last week, let alone win. So uh, when we had our picks. And, um, uh, you know, tomorrow is going to be, uh, I think, pretty wide open, actually. I, I don't see it being any drawback at all. I was telling my son, I was texting with him last night, and he's on the other side of the world, but he's always asking about Kyle Bush, and I said, he's starting 28th, but I don't think it makes a bit of difference. No, uh, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, just to make up a lap fairly easily. Either by pitch shops or strategy. Uh, just a lot of different things. But let's hope everybody is safe and uh, 
you know, that's a, a good competitive race. Yeah, I hope so. What do you think about, I don't know if you boys heard this, uh, Mike and Ronnie, uh, Corey LaJoy, did he not, he sent a letter to Rick Hendricks uh, lobbying for uh, for uh, the 48 car when Jimmy Johnson gets out of it. I, I never heard of that before. I mean, not 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 that anybody hasn't maybe done it or, or pulled somebody aside in the garage area or something, but, you know, Doing it in the press and publicly, I, you know, I'm not sure that was all that smart. Well, it was either real smart or real dumb. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. But it's uh, right. I wouldn't uh, have done it. Other things uh, worth mentioning: Jimmy Johnson uh, is retiring from uh, the Cup Series, but you may see him in any car, 24-hour car, or even a Formula One car. He has not ruled any of those houses. He said he'd like to do them. Well, you know, that's... Uh, well, that falls into what I was what talking you were saying about. Earlier. That uh, some of the announcers this week have been saying that this was uh, Jimmy's farewell tour, maybe. So he, well, you said he's going to probably be in some other forms of racing. That is correct. Uh, going back to what Chef Bodine was saying, Joe, about the controversy between uh, the 11 and the 22 car. Uh, I had to put NSA encryption on Jimmy uh, Johnson's radios uh, because the sponsor heard a couple of remarks uh, that knew about cross than uh, that Maxwell House uh, ride. Oh, that's interesting. Um, is is what is is there any way? at all to do what Jeff was talking about? I mean, I don't know if that's even a feasible oh, thing. Yeah. but uh, It's entirely feasible. But by the time the tower says, uh, put the caution out, you're already in it. Yeah. You're half a lot behind. Uh, you know, get rid of the spotters, plus and minus. With that uh, headrest in the car and the helmets, they're very restrictive. Even with all uh, mirrors, as what they can see. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the sponsor, the spotters need to quit driving the car. Well, I agree with that because something's, uh, I mean, I, I hope we have a good race tomorrow and even later on this afternoon with the, because, I mean, they're <laughs> blocking to win a segment's crazy and to me and, and maybe, you know, the last lap or something, but. Let's get our picks in real quick. we got plenty of time, Nelson. I just want to get this done before we forget it. So uh, I'll let you go first again, defending champion. Okay. I'm going to set my neck out. He's always running good. 21 far. Oh, okay. That's De Benedetto. Right. right. And if he wins, that'll be the Wood Brothers' 100th winner. Yeah, and they've, uh, gosh, they've won that race with A.J. Foyt and Tiny Lunn and Cal Yarborough and Trevor Bain and... I'm probably leaving somebody out. I know they've won that race a lot. Ronnie, who you like? Well, I'm going to go with what is going to be my sentimental favorite with the 48. All right. And uh, I'm going to take 22. Uh, Logano. And uh, what do you think there, Alan? I'm going to take two car, Brad Keselowski. All right. Keselowski. And Greg usually takes the Wood Brothers car, but I'm going to go back with what... Uh, Gave him so many wins last year. I'll, I'll give him Kyle Busch. So, um, so we're set. And um, you know, last year uh, had a lot of winners by people calling the number four car. And this year, and for this first race, 
Nobody picked Harvick. Yeah, it's a good-looking car, too. I like the way yeah. that car looks. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's it's wide open. There's a lot of people could win this thing, and and uh, there's only five of us, and we usually don't pick a winner. But <laughs> So, Nelson, um, what else is going on down there? Anything from the Xfinity? Oh, what about the truck race last night? Let me let me get your thoughts about this. I, I'm just concerned. I mean, there was a couple of trucks caught on fire l- last night, and I know that's probably knocking off an oil line or a... Somebody said a carburetor. I didn't really know they had carburetors. I guess they do have something there. But, you know, when that truck was upside down with that kid in it, but, man, you know, it took them a long time to turn that thing over uh, back up on its wheels before they got out, before he got out. And, uh, I mean, what if that thing's on fire? Uh, You know, it's just, it looks like that extrication process needs to speed up a little bit. What do you think? Oh. It's improved, but yes, it can definitely stand a lot of improvement. Uh, uh, who has a record for going the longest distance on their roof at Daytona? Well, I mean, I, my sentimental pick would be Johnny Rutherford in Bud Moore's car. No, not by a long shot. Okay. Cecil Gordon in his 24 car. I don't even remember that one. When was was that in a? That wasn't in the five hundred, was it? It must have been a qualifying race. No, I'm pretty sure it was the five hundred. Was it? But -hmm. you remember that, Mike? Mike was. uh, I'm Alan. I mean, I mean, Alan was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Alan was uh, was with Cecil for a while. No, Mike was with Cecil. There's your picture. Look at Cecil Gordon and Mike in that picture right there. I told Mike he need to get a haircut. Well, they both need a haircut, but. (laughs) No, that's interesting. I, I'm going to have to research that a little bit. Now. Um, yeah, I'm Nelson. not, I'm not 100% it was a 500, but it's definitely a Okay, well, I had the backstretch part of it, right? I'll get a text here in just a second from my brother. Uh, <laughs> and you're all talking about the distance from Moriarty's Kitty Hawk. Yes, I was. 47 miles. But it takes uh, 47 hours to get from Spartanburg to Moyoc. I mean, that, that that was a long drive. I went, Of course, now, I didn't go from Spartanburg to Moyoc. I was writing that book, and I was driving up from, actually, I had found Hartnett Speedway, which is in Spring Lake, North Carolina, right on the boundary of uh, Fort Bragg. And I was driving up the coast, and I went through Elizabeth City and all these places, and couldn't even find a motel up there. Uh, and I, I know I was real close to uh, Virginia. Well, Elizabeth uh, City, uh, you go east for 17 miles, and then you go north for 20 miles to get to Mogollon. Okay. Did you ever attend a race at Dog Track Speedway? And I have been to Dog Track, but never attended a race there. Okay. Well, you know, I... When I wrote in my book, uh, you know, I detailed each race they had, and I think they had four or six. I don't remember now, but Fred Lorenzen, Fred Lorenzen was in one of them, and I always figured he must have lost a bet or just got lost. Period. I mean, because that was a not a track you'd expect to see Hall and Moody show up at. Well, you know, uh, under some of the plan money they had back then, you had to show up for uh, the races to get the extra money. Yeah. Well, Nelson, um, we got your picks. Uh, anything to look for in the uh, Xfinity race today? We got about a minute. No, I hope it's just a good, safe race. Okay, I do too. So, uh, well, look, you take care of yourself. It's good talking to you, and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. And uh, where do they go after this? Las Vegas? Las Vegas, right. 
Okay, let's let's uh, move on before Ronnie sees the whole song. <laughs> Thank you, Nelson. Good enough. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thank you. That's Nelson Crozier. Who? Uh, what? What about him? He's the smartest man I know. It sounds good this morning too. We. Uh, that, I mean, that's a sure sign of old age, and I do that. I'll be looking Hannah right in the eye and call her Yonath, which is my wife's name. And I'm sitting here with Ronnie and Mike, and I call uh, and Alan. See, I just did it then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Mike's getting too involved in the show, and I'm I'm uh, I'm getting my heels mixed up. Well, I'll just bring him on down here and let him sit here. Well, I don't know if he wants to do that. I think he likes <laughs> it up there at Ingle Hollow, but he's he's obviously paying attention. He's, he's working three days a week now, and he's home four days a week. So yeah, he's he's like an Ingle Holler better and better. Yeah, well, I, I can. Now, where exactly is Ingle Holler? It's about forty five minutes from nowhere. It, it, I believe it. You think it was near Moyoc? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's on four twenty one. It runs there from like I seventy seven over to North Wilkesboro. Yes, it is. But uh, you can actually get off up there at Fiddler's Grove and go about five miles down and take a right. And then <laughs> at you the go big about, rock. Then you take thirty more thirty more minutes to get down there to his house. And that's near the big tree. But it's this way. Jada said uh, it's forty five minutes from the closest town. Well, it's a, that's why they. That's why there was a lot of moon shining up in there. Yeah, it's hard to find and uh, even harder to to catch somebody running around up there. But we're going to take a break here. We're halfway through this show, and we're going to come back and talk to Josh Helms. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studio. Your home for Presbyterian College Blue Host football is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is your home for the game, Cox. Accelerates on the warning track, reaches up, makes the catch. Here we go. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. One on and belted to left. Into the corner. Second for one, the turn by Beeman in time. Rack him up. Forever to be. The Gamecocks walked off the Wolfpack. Tune in all season long here on your home for South Carolina baseball. The Gamecocks Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Uh, Nelson got something important there. He's never called back before. Now, some info on one of the drivers. I'll get it straightened out next break. <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, we're going to come back, uh, and uh, we got a special guest, jo- Josh Helms, who was a race driver and a promoter and a good friend of Allen's and a good friend of this show. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. Josh, yes, this sir. is Allen. Josh, this is Allen. Uh, you uh, drive a race car last year, and you said last year on the radio show that you just want to be a promoter, and I see where you're starting to get into a little bit of this promoting. You coming out with a new series? Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, sir. We've got the uh, Midi Street Stocks. It's for the dirt track uh, grassroots racer around here. Um, we wanted to, to get a little touring series going for them. Um, we're going to do a... Uh, we, we're right at nine races right now. So we didn't want to have too many or too little. Um, we're featuring a rules package that suits pretty much every uh, one of the street stock cars that are existing now. So like your limited sportsmen, your renegades, your crate, all those guys are included in our package. Um, we wanted to make sure that we had a, a, a fair and competitive rules package, something that would be simple to tech um, and something that we could sort of use as an introduction to some newer divisions that were moving up towards this area as well. All right. And uh, also, uh, 
I want to ask you a question. Are you going to be driving or are you just going to be sitting back promoting? Oh, I guess we're going to be sitting back promoting. I really want to get this deal up and off of the ground. So, um, as of right now, um, <laughs> 100% of my efforts are, are focused on this deal. Um, you know, I, there will be some times here and there whenever we're not on our tour that, that I'll be doing some different stuff locally at different tracks. But as far as on the tour, um, you know, our, my efforts are going to be on uh, promoting this deal, really putting on a good show for everybody. Um, we've got a, a pretty awesome points fund. We've got a couple big races as well scheduled to tell you more about those. Have you got a lot of drivers lined up ready to go? Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of people that are showing a lot of support. Um, you know, the memberships, they've, they've trickled in. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so there, I, I think we're going to have a, a really good showing. I, our last count, we were right around 23 on our, um, sort of like our pre-entry list. So, you know, everyone's just getting everything together. We released our schedule last night. So they're, uh, I think everyone's fired up for, for what we have in store. And, um, I look forward to seeing those memberships trickle in as far as, People saying, hey, we want to, you know, commit to running our all the races. And like I said, we uh, we put up, a, you know, our partners and, and our, our series, we put up a lot of a lot of money for these guys to race with. So, you know, I really think that, that this is going to be something that's um, not really ever went on in this area. You know, it's all, always been about the super late models or some of the higher divisions. And, you know, now I think it's time to showcase some of the weekly drivers, the grassroots racing. Well, my next question was going to be something you just touched on a little bit about the schedule. You said you, I think you said you had nine races, and you want to find a happy medium there with not too many and not too few. But where do you get started and when? Well, our first show uh, is going to be April seventeenth. We're calling that our prelude to the Super Slam. Um, so we've got a pretty big race that um, that we're going to be putting on May seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, probably going to be one of the biggest street stock races in the area. It's going to be right. Um, it's going to be ten thousand to win for our, our midi street stock. So we're going to have a warm up show April seventeenth, just to kind of let everyone shake their cars down, kind of figure out what setup works for them. Give everyone a good chance to figure out the track. That way, when we come back two weeks after April seventeenth, we'll be able to um, compete for that. 10,000 to win V8 Super Slam Championship. Now, where is that? Where? What track are you going to be at on, on uh, in April? You're going to be at Traveler's Rest Speedway. So, April 17th, May 17th, and night, we will be at Traveler's Rest Speedway. Um, I think that's going to be a kind of a good meeting place for, for everybody on for that first date. So, yep, April 17th, Traveler's Rest Speedway. That'll be our, again, our prelude to our Super Slam. Now, are we going to find you out there tonight before on the road grader with your <laughs> with your box of soap suds? Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I, I, you know, I look forward to coming in those, um, you know, for that those events and and you know, really utilizing what the track has in place. They do a great job at Travelers Rest, um, but I do look forward to, to working with them. Anything that they need from us, any any help, you know, as far as track stuff like that goes, we're we're there to support them. Yeah, everybody knows Eddie Ray over there, who actually promotes Travers Rest Speedway, always does an awesome job fixing that racetrack for us. Weekend, yeah, Eddie Ray, out. you know, takes a lot of time and, and puts um, he put new dirt on the racetrack, so I think that's going to be something. He put put more banking back in the track, so I think we're going to really have a great racetrack for these two 
two first races. Plus two, he uh, moves that show on so everybody can get out of there on time, too. That's always important. You know, keeping the shows, that's something I think I touched on the last time I was on. Keeping your shows in four or five hours, kind of keeping the fans entertained, um, not keeping them in there too late, kind of, you know, not rushing things along, but keep it moving. And, and he does an excellent job with that. Um, and, we again, we really look forward to, to going in there. And, like I said, we're, we're putting up, a, you know, between the tracks and, and between our partners, we're putting up a lot of money for these guys to race for. I think it's going to be something really good for your grassroots racers. Now, maybe I missed this, but, um, I mean, are, is your series, like, when you go to a track, like Traveler's Rest, are you, uh, is this a standalone series, or are there other support races? Well, there'll be other support divisions that the track chooses to run, but as far as when the Midi Street stops roll in, we will be... Um, that, that were a standalone deal. So whatever the tracks decide to run in support, um, to kind of, you know, keep the show or, or kind of have some fillers, stuff like that, um, you know, that will be up to them. Uh, but we are, as far as the Midi Street stocks, when we roll in, we are going to be a, a traveling series. We'll have our own, um, officials and tech staff and race directors and all of that great stuff. Just to be real consistent, that's a big thing. You know, whether it be consistently bad or be consistently good, it's all about being, you know, being the same to everyone and the same across the board. So that's really important to us. Well, we don't want to forget about it. So uh, when we get closer to it, if, if, if Alan doesn't remind us, you call, you give us a call so we can, because uh, April, I mean, I know it'll be here before you know it. That's just a month and a half away. But uh, let us know so we can uh, help you out and promote you some more on Start Your Engines. Sure, I appreciate you guys um, giving me the opportunity to kind of push our stuff here and look forward to, to hearing back from you. Okay, sounds good. Anything else there, Alan? That should do it for me. Okay. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you coming on. We'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate it. All right, that's Josh Hellemans uh, opening up a new series. Uh, uh, and uh, Traveler's Rest and a lot of other tracks. And uh, he's got nine races, and he'll probably have more before uh, you know it. And um, that's an ambitious young man. I like that. Yes, he is. Uh, good race car driver, too. He actually won that Thunder Bomber Classic over at Traveler's Rest Speedway. Actually paid $5,000 to win. Led every lap, just about, I think. So he, he can drive and promote. He can drive and promote. And when you get a driver that wants to promote a racetrack, too, he knows how the racetrack should, you know, should be okay. What you got there, Ronnie? What did uh, what uh, did you research while we were off well, there? You can just take us up to the break. Okay, this came in from Nelson in the Xfinity series. Timmy Hill, the driver, yep, had his car gigged for an illegal body modification. He can still qualify for the the upcoming race, but his crew chief had an immediate six race suspension. And they fined his team $50,000 and took away 75 points. You know, for a team like that, that's big. That, that that'd be pretty huge. big for any team, but that, yeah. that'd be big. Well, tell him to go ahead and get the points now. Well, he's... We don't have no points right he's now. He's negative. <laughs> I'd say he's negative, negative 75, 75 yeah. coming into the first race. And we'll go over the TV schedule here in just a minute. But they, uh, uh, Xfinity qualifies at 11 o'clock. So it's just starting now. Right. And uh, thank you, Nelson, for letting us know about that. Yep. So, Ronnie. Um, okay, well, we'll go into this next break. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk more with Alan Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox 1400. With the guys. 
Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. Improved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Fox Sports 1400 is now bigger and better than ever. Why? You were on an FM station. Because we're now on the FM dial at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. Now bigger and better at 98.3 FM. Baseball, the Gamecocks got off to a ten to nothing win last yesterday afternoon, late, which was on this here radio station, right. and over uh, the Holy Cross Crusaders. USC Upstate had a four zero win against Long Island University yesterday at uh, USC Upstate. And did I see that Clemson had like a no hitter in their first <laughs> double hit, like the first game against? Uh, well, in, in the, the first day was like against Western Carolina, and it was a double header. They lost the first one, and it made them mad, and they threw a no hitter in the second one. Is that right? Well, in that first game, their starting pitcher had forty four pitches through the first four innings, mm. but he had also like seven or eight strikeouts. Okay, okay he would strike two or three out, and then walk two or three. <laughs> Not very consistent. No. But then, but then the nightcap, they uh, hit them pretty hard. They woke up. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank Lanny McKinney, who every week does our podcast and maintains the Facebook page, the Budmore Engineering website, and uh, is our backup. And we thank Lanny for everything he does every week. Oh, Lanny keeps us going. He does. He's, uh, he's the safety net. So... 
there was some action around the country and on the short tracks and the dirt. And uh, Alan's yep. going to tell us about it. I think it was all down in Florida, though, right? Yep, it's all down in Florida, down at Volusia County Speedway. Uh, they've had four nights of racing been going on down there, and uh, well, actually, tonight would be the actually the fourth night. But on two twelve twenty, we had first place was Dennis Herb Jr., second place Brandon Shepard, third place Darrell Lanigan. Who's driving the Barry Rout house car from over here in Calpians. Fourth place, Josh Richardson. And fifth place was Jimmy Owens. Everybody knows Jimmy from around here. Everybody, he comes to Cherokee Speedway and puts on a good show there. And uh, then on 2-13, first place, going to Jimmy Owens. Second place, Dale McDowell. Third place, Josh Richardson. Fourth place, Jonathan Davenport. Fifth place was Mike Marler. And then last night... Again, we go to Jimmy Owens. Jimmy Owens is getting on the roll down there in Florida. Sounds maybe like it. Yep. So maybe he'll wrap this whole program up tonight down there and uh, come on over here to Cherokee Speedway for the March Madness, which will be the first, uh, be actually the first day of March this year since we got 29 days in February. Leap year. Yep, leap year. So uh, last night it was Jimmy Owens, second place, Kyle Bronson, third place, Daryl Lanigan, again in that Barry Wright house car. So uh, they doing some good uh, finishes down there. Got uh, three in the top ten so far with the Barry Wright house car. Fourth place, Brandon Shepard. Fifth place, Brandon Overton. As far as one of our local drivers over here, Chris Madden, so far from what I've seen, he's got a... He's got an uh, 8th place, an 18th, and a 19th. He uh, needs to do a little bit of improving for the next. Yeah, it's a little under. Uh, as far as some of our local racetracks around here, uh, practice. we're going to have a practice session next Saturday at Harris Speedway. I think they got it scheduled. And then they got another practice session on the 29th. But we also, hey, uh, don't cancel this thing out. February 22nd, we've got a first race at Cherokee Speedway. So, uh, they getting ready for that March Madness coming up over there. They're going to get that track prepped in for us and have a prelim race over there. I hope it's warmed up. Oh, yes. Hope it's warmed up a lot. As far as uh, Bloomquist, everybody wants to know about Bloomquist. That, I was on my list of things to Bloomquist, ask about. Bloomquist has only got one top ten finish so far down in Florida. So, uh, between him and Madden, they've got the they got a, I ain't going to say got behind over the winter time, but sometimes you, you'll do that. Well, but, I mean, is he fully recovered? Yes, he's fully recovered. But, uh, I wonder if he's on his chopper down there. Uh, I think he's going to leave it sitting in town. Yeah, or take an Uber or something. <laughs> I don't believe I'd, I believe I'd watch it if I was him, because that was uh, kind of scary. That was the way he pretty much started the season last year. So he was, he was out yeah. all year, practically. Yeah. Yep, and uh, Chris Madden kind of filled in for him whenever he got released from his capital ride, and uh, that's the reason uh, Scott uh, Chris Madden's back in the Bloomquist car now. But uh, they got to do their homework to get caught back up. Okay. As a matter of fact, I actually went over to Barry uh, Wright's uh, two weeks ago. They was getting ready to go down to Florida. He's got a new car. It's called Icon. And from what I've seen on that car, you... Uh, it's 
it's something else. Okay. Is this, I, can't, I, mean, I, can't, I can't. No, I don't discuss somebody else's race car. Right, but, but I mean, what I was going to say, he's racing it now? Yeah, it's he's racing he, it now. It's, it's actually for sale. I mean, he sells that car right out of his shop. Is that the one Lanigan's driving? Daryl Lanigan's driving. Uh, he said he's wanted to go get him another World of Outlaw Championship, and he he recruited Daryl Lanigan. Daryl Lanigan actually built race cars, Club 29, and he is, uh, quit, I ain't going to say quit building race cars, but he told his boys that he would still furnish parts for his cars, even though he's coming over here to drive for Barry Wright. Okay. So uh, that's pretty much about it as far as our local racing until we get started up here in a couple of weeks. Everybody knows it's still a little cool out here. It was real cool this morning. Yes, it was. And um, so, uh, yeah, he's got a not even a legal sheet of paper, not even a letter size. Uh, so uh, he'll have that legal pad well, filled up two or three pages, you know, come uh Month or so, about a month or so. We okay. start getting back into everything. We get Travers Rest Speedway lo- open back up. We're gonna get Cherokee Speedway open back up. We're gonna get Harris open back up, and everything get rolling again. That sounds good, and then you'll have a whole lot more time. You always got all you need. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, last night the trucks ran. Let's touch on that for just a second. The uh, once again, a lot of a lot of crashes, but it was a pretty exciting finish. I mean, they were slamming door to door coming across the finish line between uh, Grant Enfinger and Jordan Anderson. And, you know, with about 10 laps to go, Enfinger got shuffled all the way back to like 13th or 14th place because he got in the, what do you call it, the sucker hole or whatever yeah. it is. And, uh, and they were going past him on both sides. But by the time they got through crashing and banging each other, he came across the winner. Yes, he did. Kind of had to block off a little bit coming down there to that circuit flag. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And uh, once again, he beat Jordan Anderson by, you know, quarter of a quarter of a fender. It wasn't much. And if you watched that, Jordan, if there, if you asked the race, it looked like Jordan Anderson actually uh, won the race. He was excited, <laughs> wasn't he? He was very happy. And third went to uh, Cody Rohrbaugh. Fourth was Derek Krause, and fifth was Natalie Decker, who had a real good race, and she's a she's a little thing. Uh, I don't mean thing in a bad way. She's just a, a, a nice-looking young lady, and, uh, boy, she was, with all the carnage and crashing and banging they had last night, for her to start 30th and finish fifth was, was outstanding. Uh, and she turns a pretty good wheel. She does, and she... Uh, that was an Al Nice Chevrolet, and it was also an Al Nice Chevrolet that took that long slide upside down. That was his, one of his other trucks. Um, Natalie's number 44. The truck that crashed and flipped was number 45. And they've actually got one more here somewhere. It was number 40. Um, Ross Chastain, right? Uh, yes, it was. Ross Chastain, who finished eighth. I finished the run down here. Sixth with Austin Hill. Seventh was the old pro Johnny Sauter. Eighth was Ross Chastain, ninth Sheldon Creed, and tenth Jason White. So uh, it was an exciting race, and you know I didn't see a lot of blocking and stuff out there. They just uh, they they wrecked a lot, but they did it <laughs> they did it honestly, they clean wreck. And uh, if you watched Ross Chastain interview before the race actually started, he uh, kind of done a little bit of as far as that team player for Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. He said last year he kind of got shoved out about that, but he was going to be a team player this year. Well, you know, you were talking to 
Jeff, Jeff Bodine about that a while ago, and you were saying, you know, you get lined up with your corporate partner, but it depends on which corporate partner it is. I mean, if it's if it's a if it's not a a, a Hendrick Chevrolet, if it's a, a Ganassi Chevrolet, uh, you know, maybe you don't line up with him. You know, it's, it's kind of wacky. How much time I got there, Ron? No, you won't. <laughs> we got a commercial one more time, don't yeah. we? Oh, yeah, we got one more here. Yeah, well, give me the high sign when we need it. Because uh, I'll go to the duels, which are actually kind of tame. I told the boy sitting out there in the lobby, I had my dinner Thursday night and was ready to sit back and watch the duels. And um, they said, gentlemen, start your engines. And it started raining. And the next thing I knew, there was 10, 20 laps to go in the first race. So um, I sort of dozed off there. But Joey Logano... He won the thing, a, a fairly clean race. There was a little crack up there with uh, that I'll get to in a second. But uh, Eric Almarola was second. He's looking real good. Ryan Newman was sort of a sleeper there, I thought. He was third. Brad Keselowski was fourth. And I was real tickled to see Bubba Wallace finish fifth. He, uh, he was around 10th, 12th most of the race. But, boy, when it came down to the finish there, he scooted right up and uh, had him a good finish. Had him a good finish. And if you watched that last lap coming off fourth turn, he was having to turn that steering wheel a little bit. Yep. He was uh, he was driving it. And that was the Richard Petty car, of course, sponsored by the U.S. Air Force, painted up like a flying tiger. Ten seconds or ten minutes? Minutes. Oh, man, we got a lot of time here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there was one... Um, uh, one guy I kind of felt bad for was uh, Daniel Suarez, who, uh, you know, he had a good ride last year driving for uh, the 41 car for uh, uh, Stewart. Tony Stewart. Well, he got shuffled out of there, and one of those new rookies got that car. Uh, I have to check and see what it is, which one it is, but it, he was the only crash of the evening and finished last, and he is not going to be in the Daytona 500, and I think his fortunes will pick back up, but right now he's probably feeling pretty low. Yep, we actually had three cars to go home from the field of Daytona, and don't get wrong, to have a full field of cars there, I don't think they had a full field of trucks there last night. I don't know how many, let's see how many trucks they did have, but I, I could, you know, but that's the way it is. That's what we were talking about last week, even about bump day at Indianapolis. You need some people to go home. You need some people, uh, sometimes we used to, at one time, I remember we was in stall 54. So, uh, we actually had 54 cars there at one time at Daytona. And, uh, it was kind of tough. Well, see if you can explain this to me. Now, 32 trucks started. Yep. Is that a full fill? Because... It says the next thing here on my sheet is uh, failed to qualify, withdrew, or, or withdrew, and um, well, a couple went to the back. It looks like uh, it looks like they had thirty. Looks like they had thirty. Looks like they had forty-one trucks down there. So I'm thinking maybe they're only starting thirty-two. I don't know. Um, Joe Nemechek, Jennifer Joe Cobb. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Clay Greenfield, Ray Sicarelli, Todd Peck, Norm Benning, who was always at the back, Tim Vins, and Josh Raom didn't make the race. So it sounds like they might only have a 32-car field. And there were several well-known names in those that, that didn't make the, the cut. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, the second duel was uh, caution-free. I mean, except for the the stages and everything, there was there was no crashes. But William Byron won that one in a 
And a one-two-three Chevy finished with uh, his teammate Jimmy Johnson not too far behind. Kyle Larson was third. Kevin Harvick fourth. And Cole Custer is in the forty-one car that displaced Daniel Suarez. He was fifth. Eric Jones, your uh, clat, your crash winner, the Bush crash winner, was sixth. Matt D. Benedetto driving for the Wood Brothers was seventh. Kurt Bush, Bush did some exciting racing there on that last lap or so, shuffling everybody around. I thought he was going to lose it. He was eighth. Ross Chastain was ninth, and Tyler Reddick was tenth. So they uh, had who went home from that one? Uh, it was probably J.J. Yaley didn't make the race out of that one, and uh, I don't think uh, I don't think B.J. McLeod did either. In fact, I think he was the slowest qualifier of all. So if um, you know this thing is showing here that it's still the Monster Energy NASCAR schedule but they don't call it monster energy anymore so that's a that's a typo there mike helton went over that with us last week that they're just nascar cup right okay and i I like that well i do too i don't like i I remember i guess it was back when petty was still winning them that was the daytona 500 brought to you by stp and i went why do we have to have brought to you by stp just the daytona indianapolis has never pulled anything like that yet you know, it's not the Indianapolis 500 brought yeah. to you by uh, Grey Goose Vodka or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that one out, didn't I? Okay. So, uh, let's do the TV schedule real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, as we speak, the Xfinity qualifying is going on. It's um, from 11 to 1230. Uh, 1230, and that's on... Uh, Fox Sports 1, all of this, I think, is on Fox Sports 1, yes. Um, Then the final cup practice is from 1230 to 130. Then the Xfinity race, the pre-race is 130 to 230, and the race is at 230. So that's when you need to sit down in front of the TV or at least set your timer. Uh, 230 to 5 is the Xfinity race, and that's on FS1. Uh, Post-race for half an hour after that. Then we're going to go down, and that's pretty much going to do it for today, though. Get out there and clean up the garbage out of the grandstands and the infield and shuffle everybody out and shuffle them back in. I'll be interested to see what kind of what kind of crowd they have for this because, you know, they used to have that big tiny Lund grandstand off the second turn. Well, it's gone now. They tore it down and expanded the, the, the main stretch grandstand to triple deck. So that's a lot of seats to fill. And uh, they're all painted different colors. So it's kind of... Sometimes hard to tell if there's a, a rear end in one of those seats. Yeah, I kind of watched a little bit of the Xfinity uh, practice yesterday and it looked like Jerry McClements was having a good day and had a pretty race car out there. Whenever you have a pretty race car, they always go fast. They said that he was 16th fastest yep. in the final practice. Now, I don't know what he's doing this morning, but uh, um, I saw him. Channel 7 had an interview with him this week, and he said, I just can't afford to tear up any cars. So he's going to. You know, last year, I don't think he got involved in a wreck, did he? But he just blew up real early. He had a, a bad, bad start to the season, and he never really, I, I think he went to Las Vegas and had a bad race, and he just never really recovered. Finished 14th in the standings, and uh, of course, only 12 go to the, the, the playoffs, so he, he just missed out on that. So we'll be, we'll be watching for Jeremy to do uh, better things, you know. They don't run on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway anymore for Xfinity. They're going to run the road course. So that's another uh, chance for maybe Jeremy because he's real good on road courses. But they're not running the the two and a half mile uh, 
part of the track anymore, the, yeah. the big track. So tomorrow, um, the Daytona 500 is uh, going to be, let's see here. They're showing a bunch of old races uh, early in the morning. If you want to see 1979, that's on at 530. That's the one with the fight. Uh, 1988 is on at, at um, these are just half-hour shows. It's on at 6, and that's going to be, the. I think that's the Allison and Allison crossing the finish line together. That's back when I used to go. Bobby beat Davey. Um, 6.30 is 97. Is that the year Earnhardt won? Because the next one at 7 o'clock is 98. Earnhardt won one of those, but anyway, those are back-to-back. But anyway, um, the Daytona 500 is on Fox, of course. Uh, NASCAR race day comes on at 11 o'clock for a two-hour pre-race show live with uh, about 14 different people involved. Some of them in Charlotte, some of them there at the track. Jamie McMurray, uh, um, a lot of people. They got Bobby Labonte's in on that. Uh, but the, in, the Daytona 500 itself is at 2.30. The pre-race is at 1 o'clock to 2.30, so you've got NASCAR race day from 11 to 1, and then 1 to 2.30 is actually a two, a, an hour-and-a-half pre-race show. The Daytona 500 will be at 2.30 to 6.30. It's scheduled for here. Uh, you know, they've had a little weather delay almost every every day so far, so hopefully today and tomorrow um, there won't be any such thing. And um, then there'll be a wrap-up show on FS1 uh, later on at 11 o'clock tomorrow night. So, anyway, whole lot of racing at Daytona. And get your yard work done. I've got a lot of sticks to pick up today because we're... Uh, uh, power came back on while we were at Applebee's uh, last well, Saturday Well, I was glad afternoon. to hear that. I was afraid y'all were still out Saturday night. No, we... Uh, we it came back and uh, and but we had a we had a whole lot of damage in my neighborhood and, and uh, like I said I was very lucky and Hannah's girlfriend uh, girlfriend Hannah's boyfriend came over and with his two chainsaws and cleaned up our yard and it's all laying out by the street so they got a lot of little sticks and little things here and there knocked my gutter off so I got a oh, I got wow. some I got some work to do today but we're gonna take our last break and come back and just sort of wing it to the finish line you're listening to start your engines from the beacon driving studios in Spartanburg It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Looking for a reliable and affordable graphics printer? Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, and banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full-color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. Image Printing is your one-stop shop for all your personal and professional printing needs. Image Printing has been servicing the upstate since 1989 and provides the personal touch that you will be sure to love. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Avenue across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center or call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up. Place an order online or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. The weather has finally cooled down, but that doesn't mean your need for ice changes with the seasons. The big game is just around the corner, and that means time for parties. Whether you're hosting a big party or just having a few friends over to watch the game, Twice the Ice can help you get ready for your event. Twice the Ice has 12 convenient ice houses located throughout the county. Twice the Ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. It's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. I don't recognize that one. I have no idea what that was. My wife just called. uh, Guess it completely slipped her mind. I'm on the radio for two hours this morning. (laughs) Well, she was excited. She was excited. She said, didn't you get my text? And I got, well, no, I got everything turned off here. But evidently our son has been FaceTiming them from Dubai this morning, which is... uh, That's amazing. It's eight hours difference. So that would make it, what, about seven or eight o'clock at night Mm -hmm. over in... uh, uh, the United Arab Emirates. So uh, that's pretty exciting for my family. I don't mean to bore, bore the listeners with it, but he he is a Marine and he's going to be over there till July. And it's, well, it's something to be proud it, of. Here. Well, it's it's just good to know he's probably safe for the weekend. Yeah, I mean anything could happen. But um, I wanted to touch on for just a second the uh, NASCAR website uh, ranked the all sixty 
one particular guy ranked all 60 Daytona 500s from uh, best to worst, I guess. And uh, I mean, I was just telling the boys here, you know, how, how could you differentiate between the 48th and 49th best one? So it's crazy. But I couldn't disagree more with, with what he came up with as the best being the one that Earnhardt won. I mean, memorable, yeah. You know, but top five, I don't, not in mine. I mean, I don't know how you could hardly beat actually the one with Pearson and Petty crashing to the finish line. And and Pearson having, well, after he bounced off Joe Frisson on the pit road, having this, the presence of mind to kick in the clutch and keep the engine running and, and creep across the finish line. You know, and Richard Petty didn't quite do that. And to me, that's about as exciting as you can get. And I remember it. That was 76? Yes, it was. And, uh... And then I guess the next one for me would be the one with the fight with um, that Richard Petty did win that one. And um, Bobby Allison and Cale uh, Yarborough and Donnie Allison got in a big fight there. I, that, and you know, the first Daytona 500, Lee Petty and Johnny Beauchamp crossed the finish line side by side. I mean, that's that was in 1959. I don't know how you could leave. He, this guy had that one way back. I mean, 20th or 30th or something. They, well, they uh, could not declare a winner at that race till what, three days later? Yeah, yeah, well, there's a story behind that because Bill France, from what I understand, had the pictures. He was just dragging it out for the because he was getting a headline every day. So he drug it out till about Wednesday before he said, okay, we've uh, decided that it's uh, Lee Petty, but you know, I, that would have to be in the top five well, of all time. That, uh, uh, any kind of list like that is just so subjective. It is. It's crazy. And, and I love them because I tear them apart. And I, I, <clears throat> I can't tell you which one's the best. One, I can tell you what I remember, yeah. which, you know, which sticks in my mind more. But that doesn't mean it's your favorite. No. Well, and that's what it is. It's his favorite. Yeah. Um, if I was going to go that way, I'd have to say 1978 when Bud Moore won with Bobby Allison, which was a good race. Yeah, but I, I don't think it would rank as number one. But this guy ranked Earnhardt, and that's uh, that's you know this is my our radio show, and we'll say what we want to, and that's his <laughs> website, and he'll say what he wants to. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think he's the same guy that last year, and I meant to. I don't. I didn't touch on it as much as I wanted to. It kind of got away from me, but. Uh, this was about the time I got on my Pikes Peak thing, which I'm going to do again this year. But uh, he ranked, uh, he took all the numbers from 09 through 99 uh, and ranked who was the most famous, the best driver for that particular number. And, um, you know, of course, he picked eight for Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, it's fine, but Joe Weatherly won two championships with number eight and got killed in it. And I kind of leaned towards him. But. You know, Junior's the popular pick, so I won't get into that right now. <laughs> but but it's the same kind of deal. It's, it's his opinion and yep. his website. You have these drivers out here, and every one of them will tell you out here that they got to have that Daytona 500 on their resume at the end of their you know career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you got some drivers. Don't get wrong. You look at Earnhardt. How hard it took him, and David Pearson, how mm -hmm. hard it took him to get that Daytona 500. And now Bud we got Moore. Bud Moore, and now we got Kyle Busch. Yeah. And starting 28th. He's starting 28th, and he does not have that Daytona 500 yet on that resume. And, and, and don't get me wrong, it, it weighs on that driver's mind. Well, I it's think. been written up a couple of and, times. And, and love week. him or hate him, you got to say he's a great driver <laughs> because of 
all the wins he's had and his longevity, but he doesn't have that Daytona 500. Sometimes I think you have a driver that says that they would actually trade a championship for the Daytona 500. Especially if you got one to trade, uh, uh, more than one to trade. Then then you have some drivers that just falls in their laps. Derek Cope. (laughs) (laughs) There's been more than one, but, you know, Benny Parsons won it one year when Pearson spun going down the backstretch kind of... I, I never have really heard out heard about what caused him to spin out, but that was with only a few laps to go. It just or seemed he, like out of nowhere. Yeah, he just all next thing you know, I'm watching on TV. I, I think might have been the first year they showed any of it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked it up like about halfway through it, and uh, and I'm saying, well, Pearson's got this one. Next thing I know, he's going through the dirt on the backstretch sideways, and Benny Parsons uh, came from out of nowhere and won. But yeah, that would be another one for your. Best finishes, maybe, but you know David and Benny were real good friends. Well, I saw I saw them not too good of friends one year at Darlington in the Rebel when uh, Pearson uh, and and Benny didn't win. <laughs> they were yeah. fixing to, but they yeah. didn't. <laughs> okay, I wanted to touch for just a second, just real quickly, uh, on uh, the schedule. Of course, I got the the NASCAR uh, uh, Cup Series. Uh, standings here, uh, not the standings, the schedule of 36 races. It's all messed up. I'm not going to get into that, and we've already touched on it a couple of times, but I mean, they're going to be right back at Homestead on uh, March the 22nd. Fourth of July weekends, Indianapolis. The, the the last race of the regular season is Daytona, and they go to the first race of the playoffs, which is Darlington the next week. I mean, it's all wacky. Winding up the season at Phoenix, so which I think is a terrible idea. And Xfinity is pretty much right along with them, only as we were touching on uh, during the commercial, they're not running the two-and-a-half-mile uh, speedway at Indianapolis this year. They're on the road course at I love the road course races. <coughs> well, I figure that's a, another good chance for Jeremy Clements. Yes. Uh, but they've got 33 races, and that's pretty much the same weekends as NASCAR. Uh, I mean, as uh, the Cup. The Gander Truck Series, they have uh, 23 races. That's not nearly as many. And um, they're back at Martinsville this year. They're up in Canada. They're uh, in St. Louis. So they, they've got a lot of different tracks there. Uh, so, But that's a small schedule. I mean, that's a short, that's more than a dozen less than uh, Xfinity. IndyCar, they won't start until March 15th at St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, they have 17 races. Birmingham, Long Beach, they're back at Indianapolis on the road course. Uh, no, no, they've been at Indianapolis. That's right. They go there twice in May, once on the road course and once for the 500. But they they got the, the duels up in uh, Detroit on the island and uh, Toronto, and they end up at Laguna Seca. So 17 IndyCar races. That'll start March 15th and go through September 20th. They're done early. And the Formula One boys... They've canceled a race. They canceled a race in China. And we all know about the coronavirus. And I heard some moron on the radio the other day talking about it was uh, because of uh, bad beer. But I don't (laughs) think that's got anything to do with it. Um, The Formula One uh, schedule gets started the same day as Indy, March 15th, and runs through November 29th. So they actually go till after we're off the air. They run a long schedule of 21 races. And... um, don't hit the same country twice, and China's not even on here, so I guess they had a 22-race schedule. But they'll start out in Melbourne, Australia, on March 15th, and they're, I mean, they're in, they're all over. They even got uh, 
How about this one? April 5th, the, Vietnam, the Vietnamese Grand Prix in Hanoi. Who would have thought you'd ever see that? Not me. <laughs> me either. Uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Series, Sports Car Championship. They will get started. Well, they've already started. They ran Daytona. And, of course, the, the other Cadillac won that one. But the uh, they'll be back March 21st, as I think you told us earlier, at Sebring for 12 hours. Uh, they get along. They got about a month off to, before they go to Long Beach and then Mid Ohio. They're up in Detroit on the island. They got a twelve race schedule that ends up at Road Atlanta. Might like to go see that one. I love Road Atlanta. I haven't been there for a long time. Yep. That's uh, October tenth. They finish to go from a to go from a forty race schedule down to a twelve race schedule. I think he kind of likes that. Yeah, and you've also got uh, the other uh, uh, series running with them out there on the track. The the GT cars and the you know the different classifications that uh, GTLM. Yep, and uh, have, what's the reason for the dramatic cut down from forty to twelve? Well, I'm talking about from where he was in Winston. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Went back down to this. Uh, <laughs> I got you now. Yeah. But I was thinking it was more than 12 last year. Maybe not. I don't really know. Not, but uh, It might have been 14, I think. Yeah. It's not many. And the last one I just want to touch on here is ARCA. They've already started. They ran last week at Daytona. They don't run again until March the 6th at Phoenix. And they run through October 16th at uh, Kansas. But, boy, my favorites are there in uh, September. I'm sorry, August 23rd and September 5th, Labor Day. The... Uh, the dirt tracks in Illinois, one in Springfield on the mile, and the other at Ducoin on uh, on Labor Day. And if you got Mav TV, you can watch ARCA. And that's one of the few times I've ever read everything I had printed. <laughs> I still did, got a few minutes left. Got a few minutes left. I did about ten pages on Jeff Bodine and didn't need any of those. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, we miss Greg today. We hope Greg's having a good time up at the wedding and. Uh, behaves himself and gets us back next week hopefully he'll have us a another outstanding guest the um, once again i just touched on the other series haven't started yet so we will be uh mainly talking about las vegas next week and daytona what we saw today and yesterday and if you by chance missed any of the show including the jeff bodine interview you can go to our podcast and pick up all are part of the show that you miss. Which I listen to every single week and say, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. Or <laughs> don't breathe into the microphone. And <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty critical of myself. but uh, I, And it, uh, some of it's hilarious. I listen to some of those old shows. And I tell you, Alan, you crack me up sometimes. <laughs> Greg talking about the cookie cutter track at Kentucky. But, you know, it was like chocolate chip cookies. And they left a few chips of chocolate in there. And it made the track bumpy and just crazy stuff we say on this show. Yep, and we also got to bring up our drag racers. Our drag racers are good listeners on this program. <coughs> Absolutely. And, uh, they uh, they actually had the drag race for the NHRA last weekend in California, and one of their top fuel guys uh, in the tractor, Steve Tars, for some reason set it out. And he sent a message, said that they would not be able to make his race for some reason. But... I'd like for you to research it. Well, I will. I'll see what I can find out about that. And speaking of research, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. Um, 
Joe Delaney, one of the owners of the station, he and I are going to go out with another gentleman whose name slips my mind right now that I talked to on the phone who has an outstanding drag racing website. But we're going to go out and try to find a Spartanburg drag way and, uh, and build a show around that, which um, I wouldn't know where. I mean, I know about where it was, but I couldn't drive anywhere near, you know, walking right up to it. They said the last time they were out there... Uh, they were greeted rudely by somebody. So we wanted to iron that out before we went out and tried to find it. But we really want to expand into some drag racing. You're not talking about Spartanburg drag racing. Yeah. Well, I can take you right down there to it. Yeah, but the last time uh, Joe said he went out there, or this other gentleman, they were greeted by a guy that was packing heat. And I don't it ain't worth getting shot over. Well, that's probably the little <laughs> security guards over at Carolina okay. Country Club. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, would there be anything left? Or is it under the ninth hole or something? Uh, I think the old columns are still up. Okay, well, I, but, see, but, I built a whole book around old columns and things, so I'd, I'd like to see it. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I've been known to, if I get anywhere near Howard Street, I go by the fairgrounds just to, just to gaze over there and remember yeah. uh, Junior Johnson going around it and Cotton Owens and all those guys. Spent some good Saturdays over that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of famous, famous race drivers uh, who um, ran on that track. And I just it just brings back memories. Heck, I drove by Bud Moore's garage coming in this morning looking at where the riding used to, you know, be up there on the, on the front of the building. And that's, uh, you know, when I pick up Greg on Saturday mornings and we come in, I just, I don't know how he can go by there without almost tearing up. I mean, I, I if I had spent as much time and did as many famous things in Budmore Engineering as Greg did when when I took him up uh, North Fairview Avenue, I'd, I'd have a heavy heart, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of memories made there, but guess what? There's a lot of good memories there. Oh, yeah. I think they're I mean, mostly good. You know, just think if it, if it was not there. Well, you know, every time I go, you know, right behind that deserted church's chicken on West Main Street, it's the original Budmore Garage, right there off of, uh, what's that? Uh, <coughs> excuse me, that's not Henry Street. It's uh, Daniel, Mo- Daniel Morgan. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, Daniel Morgan Avenue there. Yeah. Turn my mic off when you see me about to pass out. <laughs> I was going to wait and make sure that you did pass out. Mm. Not in the last minute of the show, I hope. What? You know, we're talking about our uh, our drag racing friends. A few weeks, we hope we get Ernie Smith on. Ernie's, uh, Greg was telling us a little bit last week about he's uh, giving him some money. Right. So they can do a couple Sponsor of things better. Money. Yep. Got our, uh, got our name on the car. And uh, do you need another decal for the 25T? Oh, I'm going to need two or three this year. Okay. Well, I'll, okay. I got some in my drawer at home. Okay. I got at least one. Okay. It might have brought me some luck last year. It, well, that's the way I look. I, I don't like changes. I don't like too many changes. What was that? The the blue gray? Is that what that was? Blue gray? Yes, sir. Blue gray. Cherokee Speedway. Well, that's a uh, that was a big one to win. So you ended up winning uh, the grand finale. So late in the season, we didn't get a chance to talk about it until last week. So, uh, uh, how is? Um, Danny Tesnier, your driver, he's he come he over, he geared come up, up, ready to yeah, go. He come over last Thursday night. We sit and we sit and shop and talk for about an hour, talking about which way we was going to go with different cars and stuff like that, different things. And uh, is he doing sit ups and push ups and things uh, to no, get get no. ready for the season? <laughs> Let's don't go there. Well, you know, I think of uh, 
You remember the movie Six Pack with Kenny Rogers? Yeah. When he got all out of shape and everything. Not that Danny Tesnier's out of shape, but, you know, he was trying to get back in the car and he was running up the grandstand and trying to do a setup and all this stuff. And I just think about that a lot of times with any driver during the off season, you know, got to get got to get back in shape for the for the year. Well, let's just beat Lickius. Yes. I, I, I got race car drivers like Brian Newman. Well, you're, he's, he's a good size guy. Well, he, your driver's got a neck. I don't Ryan know. Ryan Newman doesn't have a neck. Uh, if you look at him, you look fine. <laughs> well, Ryan Newman's got a good starting spot this week. So, um, well, we've made our picks. Uh, and, and that's, I, I don't know if that was a sentimental pick or who you really think is going to win. But who would you like to see win? Yeah. Ronnie, open that one up to both of you. Just a well, I, I'm somebody go, that needs it or sentimental or. Well, if this is going to be Jimmy's last year in the Cup Series, I would like to see him go out winning the 500. Okay, that's a good pick. What do you think over there? Well, you know, Kyle Busch has done a lot, and he's uh, controversial in the sport. But yeah, he needs this on that resume. No, I hope he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got enough. He's already trying to say that he's past petty wins and that. Uh, Apples and oranges to me. I'd like to see D. Benedetto. You know, not only at the Wood Brothers, but that would be a good start. He, he, off. You know, yeah. he he sort of proved himself kind of, in lesser equipment last year. Dad gum near Bristol, so it'd be kind of sticking his finger in the eye. Well, it would be. So uh, that would be a good one to uh, my sentimental choice, anyway. Uh, but it's if they start crashing and banging and. Uh, and you look up and Corey LaJoy wins it, you know, he might he might just get that Rick Hendrick ride next year. So, um, but anyway, we're off in earnest now. Uh, the Daytona's underway. Uh, a lot of TV to watch. So, uh, get it, get your work done and be ready to sit down with a cold one or no matter what that might be. And uh, 2.30 tomorrow afternoon if you don't need all the preliminaries and everything. And uh, what is it this afternoon? Did I say about one thirty, something like that, for the okay. Xfinity race. Xfinity race. We'll be pulling for Jeremy Clements. Jeremy Clements, our local driver here in Spartanburg, one of the local teams that we've only got left here. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we'll be watching all of that, so we can talk about it next week and uh, take notes. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next Saturday morning at ten o'clock to talk to you. And tell you what we saw, and we'll have Nelson Crozier. Hopefully, Greg will be back, and we'll have us a good guest. Don't know who it'll be yet, but uh, appreciate you listening. And between now and then, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are Fox Sports. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. This is all I can hold us back. Now on FM at 98.